0: This podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19.
1: The Car Guys Report informed automotive is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine opi show. On this week's Minutia Men Celebrity Interview, we talked to legendary television personality Bill Curtis. Can
0: I guess what people ask you about the most?
2: Anchorman. I knew it. I knew it.
0: (laughs) You're like this distinguished newsman with a 50-year career of
2: excellence, and people are like, hey, remember that wacky
0: movie that you (laughs)
1: And I was scared that I had thrown it all away. Your
2: appearance on our podcast is (laughs) ruining your
1: career. career. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Minutia Men celebrity interview on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits.
1: The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits podcast network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride. Certainly glad to have you with us here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, has come in from the cold. And Roger, thanks for uh, being here in the Car Guys Report studio once again. You're welcome. Uh, Today we are doing a special two-part episode on the brand new Chevy Corvette C8, the uh, eighth uh, series evolution of the Corvette. Uh, since its introduction in 1950. I want to say 54, or was it? 53. 53, 1953, and arguably the most talked-about car of the year in 2019, if not the decade or even longer than that. They've been alluding to mid-engine Corvettes since the late 50s with uh, Zora Arkus-Duntov, and and it's just been something that has been teased relentlessly, and we're going to have the uh, Car Guys Report take on the uh, new C8. I wanted to just start with basically our cred and experience with Corvettes and or Chevy. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, long-term Corvette experience, but I did purchase a, a 1992 C4 um, in the middle of 2019, so I think I kind of understand the, the allure of a Corvette as far as why people really uh, get into what this car is all about. Uh, my earliest recollection of, of Corvette enthusiasm happened when I was a kid. I was probably maybe 10 years old. And my dad, who was a car guy, he never had any like really cool muscle cars or anything, but he was a car guy. And that's where I got a lot of my um, enthusiasm for cars and i remember one time in the it must have been the early 70s we went out to take a look at i believe it was like a 1956 or 57 corvette that was for sale and i just remember that would be such a cool car if he ended up buying it. of course he didn't but i do remember that and i always thought that you know at some point i will own a corvette i always think that every true car guy should own a corvette at at one point in their life just to experience it honestly i don't think it's going to be a long-term acquisition uh from my standpoint but um, I'm certainly enjoying it. And like I said, I kind of get it. it it's it's a, something about the car. You, you look at the, the way it's put together, the, the features it has, even in 1992 when they had a lot of new things that they didn't have before. So you can kind of understand, um, you know, the cult-like appeal to it. Uh, Lou, I know that you drive a, a Dodge Viper, which would be kind of uh, Dodge's modern answer to a, a modern Corvette.
0: Well, let, let's stay focused on the Corvette. What year do you have?
1: A 90, uh, 92. Okay, so you've got
0: a 92. And you mentioned that everybody should have a Corvette if they're a car person. Why'd you, At some why, point. Why would you say that?
1: I just think because it, it's it's an iconic car. I, I'm into things that are iconic. I mean, I have a Porsche 911. That's an mm-hmm. iconic car. Yeah. Um, and I just think a Corvette represents the best of American sports car Ingenuity and, and engineering. Yeah. I just think that Corvette has always, or the Chevrolet has always um, taken pride. I think in in making the Corvette something special, and it just has, it's always been somewhat limited production. And it's just something that people can really enjoy and, and, and experience for a lot less money than a comparable European car, many right, times, right, too. Right. And that was the other thing the, the, the affordability, the accessibility of it, I think plays into it as well. But that's just that's my take on it. I just think if you're a true car guy, you should have a Corvette at some point in your life.
0: So, I, and I, I'd agree with you, and it's, it's General Motors best sports car because
1: it would be yeah not only chevrolets
0: you, but it's really the, the well you think of the ford gt all right and then you think of the, to your point and i'm glad you brought it up the dodge viper yeah. so so dodge that would be their best sports car ford would be the ford gt possibly the mustang shelby gt 500 yeah i mean
1: right? the only like, other comparable on the on the gm side at least in my minds of thinking right now would be a camaro you know a high-end camaro but that's still yeah, a four-seat car it's not a it's yeah, not a true that's not, two-seater that's,
0: that that wouldn't be, i agree with you that's not the sports car yeah. level and, and gm has always made it very clear this is our very special unique fiberglass body mm-hmm. you know it's not supposed to be a family car uh you know it's, no, it's designed seats. for
1: a specific purpose which <coughs> is right. performance
0: performance race car yeah. you know light etc so so i want to make sure we're clear that and i agree with everything you said it's the most talked about car uh probably of the decade etc uh and for general motors clearly their best sports car it's always been it's always been
1: a halo car for them too halo I mean, that's car thing.
0: and not that everybody can afford it so it is a it's still kind of a dream car yeah it is you know so granted you could get a used one and if you play your cards right you can you know. which i it.
1: did i mean i obviously bought a 27 year old corvette and the c4s are basically kind of unloved for whatever reason, but they're affordable. They're cheap. Right. And it's a hell of a car for the money. Yeah. And even if you're not going to keep it long-term or if you just want to experience it, and I know it's worlds different than, you know, even a C7 right now or even a C6, but uh, then the C8 is just, you know, a whole nother step forward, which we'll obviously be talking about, but uh, it is that that certain amount of affordability if you buy one used. I think one thing that keeps people away from a Corvette in general is, depending on their age and their driving record, is the insurance on it, Yeah, because the insurance can be astronomical. Yeah. Um, because it's so, a car you can get in trouble with pretty easily yeah. if you're caught speeding or, you oh, know I was really so, doing 120. I, yeah, I didn't know so, that.
0: So my take on the Corvette, I mean, number one, I agree with you, iconic, General Motors, I'll call it best sports car period. Definitely gives you the value of a European sports car at a at a price point much less. Uh, I think Jay Leno said it best, where it's probably the most you know best value. Oh, it is totally yeah from a from a horsepower standpoint for what you get. Uh, so so, and the other thing I'll say with it, similar to a 4 gt or a dodge viper no matter what your viper no matter what your corvette they're all good looking oh they are yeah see one two three four five six seven and now eight all of them are good looking there's not a bad looking corvette i mean if you just sit back and look at any year
1: and they've aged well too which is nice i you know again we can talk we'll be talking about this later on in the episode but uh how well the c8's gonna age will be something to be seen in another 20 years but you look at you know my c4 which is 27 years old i think it's a great looking car yeah it's low it's sleek it's got angles it's pointy it's cool looking you know it
0: it makes you look yeah
1: it does yeah no doubt and roger i you know i know you grew up in detroit so you're obviously steeped in general motors and 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 cardum and everything like that in detroit what is your Cred, so to speak with corvettes i know that you you have a font of 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 things in your mind on the corvette i do well my late dad um, moved up from west
2: virginia to um, work for general motors in 1966 and when i tell you there's no traffic light in the town he's from i'm telling the truth he came up and at 22 years old bought a 66 triple black corvette coupe 327 350 horse four-speed 336 rear end, took the front bumpers off and put torque thrusts on it. Cool. So, I mean, and then... And the rest is history, right? Yeah, and he drove it. And you're wearing a
0: Corvette C2 shirt today, I I see.
2: I've got the Corvette Grand Sport. One one of five made total, so... Well, how
0: did you find this shirt? Because, I mean, when when you think... All right, we won't give them what? a tip because they're not a sponsor. Okay, like, okay I, I, I did see what you had on there, but but good shirt today, Roger.
1: Theme dressing. Good. Yeah, theme dressing. Good. You are listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Be sure to tell a friend about our podcast. It is the Car Guys Report. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Car Guys Podcast, and, of course, email us. Anytime with your thoughts, your comments, your, your suggestions, your angry emails. Of course, we don't want to get too many of those, but hey, whatever you have to say, let us know. CarGuysReport at Hotmail.com. This is the special Corvette C8 episode part one. I'm here, Mark Vernon, along with uh, Luke Costable and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, today. And we're talking, of course, about the new Corvette C8. Let's talk about uh, just uh, the start, just in general, the overall design. Of course, the biggest difference is the mid-engine layout and i've read varying um opinions as to why gm did that i think the overwhelming thought is the fact that gm claims that they could not take the front engine rear drive uh concept chassis layout any further as far as like a performance uh from a performance aspect do you think that's true
2: absolutely that's what i heard too they were looking to, to go with the mid-engine setup for to maximize traction because they couldn't get much more traction and you look at the, the C7 ZR1, it's 755 horsepower. So, you know, if you have a lump back there near the rear wheels, that's going to help. But that car, it's got to be just a hairy beast to yeah. drive. So, yeah, they, they went
1: they went as far as they could go. And one thing that they've done, though, too, that I keep reading about is they've actually, you know, a mid-engine layout is supposedly the best for handling because it's as neutral as possible because you don't have uh, weight uh, out over any axle. It's, it's an kind even of... Even distribution. Yeah. Well, well, not quite an even distribution. It surprised me that it does. The, the, this car does not have a 50-50 weight distribution, mm-hmm. but it's got the weight between the uh, wheelbase, and that just helps it from you know wanting to be tail-happy or something like that. But the Corvette engineers actually engineered some understeer into this car, and they're obviously doing that on purpose because understeering is always safer because if you're understeering you still have time to correct if you've oversteered then you really have to know what you're doing to get out of an oversteer situation so corvette is doing that on purpose usually a mid-engine car should be just neutral shouldn't have any understeer or any oversteer so it's interesting that they were cognizant of of kind of being on the safe side but the mid-engine thing is what has i think polarized the um the aficionados and the legion of fans because and i'll use this as an example back in the uh 90s when porsche decided to start water cooling the 911 it was like this big hubbub like oh you're getting rid of the air cooled porsche and now it's water cooled and it'll never be the same and stuff but they kept the engine in the same spot they didn't change the entire dynamics of the car and here corvette for 60 years has been making almost six yeah over 60 years has been making a car with a front engine rear-drive format rear-wheel drive only never all-wheel drive or anything like that and here all of a sudden finally after years and years and years of Talking they they completely change the ask You know what the car is all about with the mid-engine design of course it's going to change the entire way the car looks and I think that has really thrown some people for a loop. I mean, I've, I've heard people that say, oh, it's great. I can't wait to see it. And I mean, the Wall Street Journal did an article uh, a while back about uh, quoting one of the um, uh, people they interviewed. It says, I refuse to call it a Corvette. <laughs> it says, GM moves engine stirs revolt. And uh, of course, I think another reason they did it is because they want to try to appeal to a younger demographic. and. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, how many younger people can well, still Roger, buy a sixty or 70000 so. Roger,
0: who's not in the field, in yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. the studio, is shaking
0: his head. No, I can actually see what Roger's <laughs> thinking. Go ahead, Roger.
2: Well, the reason I uh, disagree with that um, directing the car to the younger market is the, the thing that you hear about is, will it fit uh, two sets of golf clubs yeah. in the trunk? Um, I'm not saying that you have to be old to enjoy golf, but if that's one of your selling points on mm-hmm. the car, who are you aiming the car at with that?
1: Yeah. Well, that's always kind of become the de facto standard, though, too, it seems, with with cars that have limited truck space. For whatever reason, it's like, you know, a zero to 60 time is a standard performance measurement. It just seems like two sets of golf clubs has become the standard measurement for what you can fit into a trunk of certain vehicles. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. The thing about the Wall Street Journal article, um, they were talking to this one guy named Robert Hively, and he's an older gentleman, obviously, so he's— and he's standing in front of his, uh, it looks like a, a C7. He says he's owned six Corvettes, and he's unequivocally not interested in coming up with the new one that he calls a European copycat. And <laughs> it's like... They're
2: styling cues from a lot of various, you know, high-end European cars on the new oh, C8. Oh, There
1: but... are. Uh, undoubtedly um and i know that uh, basically the the exterior styling has been what has been panned the most but lou's got something to say as well, far as well, let, let's, look at, let's about look at the two questions wise. we're yeah.
0: talking about and we could take them each one at a time the first thing we're talking about is the exterior design and the other thing we're talking about is the mid-engine now even in the c7 i had read i'm not a you know i'm not a corvette uh expert so i want to make that clear Um, But the C7, I heard, had the transmission in the back end of it. Which was distributing weight equally? Did you hear that too, Roger?
2: Well, the tran the transverse, uh, you know, the transmission in the rear actually debuted on the C5 in 1997. Okay, 97s so. had it, the transmission in the back. Right. So, yeah. so
0: from a weight aspect, that was one of the Corvettes. Mm-hmm. That's always been a good layout well. too.
1: I mean, a lot of cars have done that, and right. it's, I think that's a great way to do it.
2: But so. see, they're they're way behind because in 1976, Porsche did that on the 924.
1: So oh, and and Alpha had it with the GTV6. They had the DD on rear end and it had the the transaxle in the back with the v6 in front it just sucks
2: that we're behind on so much technology whereas before we were the leaders and now we're behind they're like oh look we put the transmission in the back well so did porsche in 1976 and the and then that was a a first front engine porsche 924 so we're always playing catch-up with this car all the time well i'm gonna talk we're gonna stay on
0: the corvette but you know, when you think of cars in the beginning, it was it was a European thing, right? I mean, Mercedes-Benz and, what is it, Martha or Bertha, his wife, takes his car oh, out. Oh, Bertha Benz, yeah. Bertha Benz takes the car out to the mother's house. Yeah, <laughs> <So> like
1: 1895 <laughs> or whatever it was. Mine, yeah. I had,
0: they did a great commercial on that if you've seen
1: it on YouTube. She was pretty hot, I mean, too. If you ever saw a picture of, of Bertha, she, she was an attractive lady. She uh, really was. Sure. For the time. No, she okay, was, so. for the especially for the time period. You look at some of those older pictures. Everybody's not to husky. get too off. Yeah. No, she, was, she was She was very attractive. Back to so. the C8 Corpus. She had it all, man. She was a car girl. It was <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome.
0: <laughs> all right. A car girl with <laughs> yeah. an attitude. Yeah. I'm taking the car. All right. So uh, back to the, uh, uh, the C8. So if we're just talking outside design, let's stay there, and then we'll flip over to the mid-engine. So the outside design... That is so critical, I think, that they got this right because, exactly your point, whenever you do something drastic to something that's so iconic, that could either kill you yeah. or, you know, let's look at the Edsel. We always think of the, you know, sucking sucking in a lemon or we think of the, they call it the horse collar. You know, that car was supposed to be an honor to Edsel Ford. Mm-hmm. And, you know, although from a styling or from an engineering standpoint, it was a marvel, it got terrible reviews because of the outside look of it this corvette does look a lot like the c7 i mean i
1: with think the from the front of, end it looks like a c7 right. but the back end i think is I, I agree is a, i
0: agree like, but the front end so you felt corvette looking at it when you first look at it you're usually going to look at the front end so you still said hey this still looks like my c7 and then with the ports on the side etc obviously you could see the cues but uh, I think that's where they did it right. And then they decided to make a decision, uh, the people at General Motors, let's really take the interior up a notch so that it looks like the best quality Well, it's
1: about time. I mean, Corvettes have been <laughs> panned for their interior quality. And we'll get, that, we'll get to more of that in part two of this special episode. Okay. But, um, yeah, the interiors have been panned for ages. I mean, and, and even my, my my 92, it's it's loaded with just a bunch of ill-fitting so, plastic so let's, and things let's like that. let's ask
0: some simple questions. One to ten. Ten, it's the best Corvette you've ever seen. One, it's the worst Corvette you've ever seen. I'd
1: say maybe a seven.
0: What do you say?
2: What do I think of? Uh, Just ranking one to ten ten the styling. Best looking Corvette. Well, it's not a C2, so I don't know what to say. (laughs) So you would give it less than
0: a... Uh, okay, so you're saying that a C2 would be a, t- would be a 10. It 11. Okay, so C2 is a... Uh, we'll go to 10 on this one. Roger's <laughs> off the charts with his 11 there. Yep. He's <laughs> wagging his tail. All right, so 10 is a C7. Where... Do, where
2: excuse, excuse me, C2. Where does the C8 fit for you? I haven't seen it in person
1: yet. I can't get but over from the fo- no, front. That the is a photograph. fair... That from the
2: a a d- front, I, I, I'm going to... I'll say, like, maybe a 7. Okay. That's seven. a
1: fair... That's a fair... Um, Uh, approach though too because many times you'll see cars in a car magazine and they'll either look cool in pictures then you finally see them in real and like or go the other way around Where like i'm not that crazy about then you finally see it in person yeah and i don't
0: think any corvette is under a seven i mean i think every single corvette compared to every other car would be a seven or up so if you roger are saying that the c2 which by the way is one of my favorite model years as well i love the style of that car I would put this now here you go equivalent to that. Wow. Cool. Wow. I think that the new version is just as good as that one. And I would actually say the C7 I thought.
1: I thought the C7 is a great looking car. I thought the C7 that's a, that's was a, was tied yeah. with
0: the C2. In other words, like yeah. if I actually if money was no object and you were going to go out and they said pick 3 Corvettes, I would pick a C7, I would pick a C2, and believe it or not, I'd pick a 78. I always like really? that nose. I always like that Roger just <laughs> fell off his chair. Roger, yeah. <laughs> I love that back end because I thought that they did the the rear glass right. That I was w-
2: the first year for the bubbled back yeah. window. It and was I, also the anniversary edition. And
0: I like that bubble back window. So those would be the three I would pick. So, Roger, go ahead. From Detroit, what would be your top money's no object? What would be your three Corvettes you'd pick?
2: Real easy. 1967 Goodwood Green c c2 uh side pipes white stinger but i want a modern uh drivetrain in it that's number one <gasps> yeah resto clear corvette wow. wow
1: that's <laughs> <number> blasphemy <laughs>
2: yeah. blasphemy that's number one number two would be uh, a 57 fuelie uh turquoise with the uh, off-white cove you're not doing anything to the
0: engine on the 57 fuelie though
2: I'm not a wrench, so I would want to be able to actually go out and enjoy it. Because as you know okay. from my comments, right. I do like. To, I would want to drive everything, okay. and All then right. my next one would probably. By the way, be, good choice
0: on the 57. <laughs> I think the best C1. Go ahead. And
2: the next one would probably be a 62. Uh, one of the rare cars I actually do like in black. So I would I would do a 62 black. Um, corvette anything in the coves or you're keeping it body color well 62s didn't didn't really didn't have color in the coves. no
0: okay so they were all the same body color it was 61 it was okay great mark what would be your top
1: three i would say um well i have a c4 so i kind of have to maybe go with that and that'll probably go against most people because they some people kind of think that the c4 is a turd these days but i think it's a great looking car okay um I like the uh, I guess it would be the c two the 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 uh split window sixty three yeah yeah that's just a, a iconic car for me that,
0: that to me is i don't care what corvettes come out from now until eternity that's if you had to pick one corvette yeah. it would be a sixty three fuel injected i yeah. mean that that's as top as the ladder goes yeah if roger i'm going to allow you to go over ten. I'd give you a ten point <laughs> five on that one. Go ahead, Mark. And then, then right.
1: the C seven too. I think was a a, a darn good looking so car. So you would not pick a C eight at this point? No. Okay. No. Um, the the thing that bugs me the most about the styling and it's it's very derivative of every other mid engine car out there. From the standpoint that, and I don't know what you call it, but it's the way the the front two thirds of the car, the the front doors and the front fenders look like they're coming being ejected out of the rear part of the the car where they do like it, it's like if you would take the and the bugatti uh Veyron mm-hmm. is a very good example of that it looks like someone backed the front half of a car into the like this cove in back and it has kind of this design where it looks like it's coming out and i know they do that because they have to have big cooling ducts for the engine and things like yeah. that but it's just and i don't know how you can get around that to not still have a, a mid-engine car. I mean, Porsche kind of did it with the, um, with the Cayman uh, Coupe. It doesn't really look that much like a, a mid-engine car, but it is. And to me, it just looks, people are saying it looks too much like a Ferrari or maybe it looks a little bit like a McLaren or things like that. Well, this is a Ferrari 360 Modena right here. In the front. Straight up. Yeah. That's what people are saying. So that's the only part that really disturbs me the most. And then the back end is just oh. uh, It's just a Uh, mishmash of uh, angles and lines, and then Rogers going, he's making faces. I'm fine. You are really the
0: front and the side. There's also these things called jet airplanes that have what looks like the front end sticking out as something they stuck a back end to. Well, yeah, that's a rocket. Yeah. So uh, I I I recognize. uh, I I enjoy the look. I would. This one would be right there with the rest of them. Really? Yep. Interesting.
2: So. What I read from, I listen to Autoline Daily while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And Including, uh,
1: and of course, the, the car guy's Absolutely, too, yeah. That's how
2: I get caught up on <laughs> everything. But I heard that because of the uh, economic uh, disaster, uh, what, 10 years ago, the mid-engine car was green-lighted by General Motors. And but then because of the recession, scrap it, yeah. So I think what we're, sorry, Lou, but I think what we're looking at is a 10-year-old design here. Wow. Okay. A bold statement from Roger Rexro well, here. Our the, man remember in the
0: ten year old design just came out. So right. e, you know, I've But I,
2: with this being a with this being a clean sheet of paper, this is the first mid engine Corvette coupe. Yeah. Do you think that is the best they could do? I'm pointing at the back, the end back of the end car with is the ta- that the with best the of a taillights. Do with with a clean sheet of paper, that's the best they could do?
0: Well, I'm going to answer your question. I think it is because one of their goals, in my opinion, was to remind people that it's still a American, and by the way, if you want to talk about what looks like a Ferrari, let's look at the C7. The C7 went from here's a Corvette, here's a Corvette. Oh my gosh, it's now a kind of an upgraded Ferrari that looks like a you know that's an American car. With looks a more like a
1: Ferrari uh, coupe though, something more like the front-engine Ferraris versus the mid-engine. Right. So, I think so. The C7, C7
0: started with making it look more European, and now they're they're keeping that theme with this car so now that 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 america has accepted the c7 looks like an ex, a european car and by the way that's a great idea you know if, if somebody looks like a you know superstar let's have everybody look like a superstar so they they they, they did they and still keeping it corvette like um, you know i i like the back end Uh, of this car, to answer your question. And remember, there are two different back ends because there's a convertible version Mm -hmm. which doesn't have that glass piece on the back window, and then there's uh, the the coupe which does have the glass piece and and we can talk about maybe with whether we like the glass piece or not. Do you like the glass piece, Mark?
1: Uh, well, I wanted to take, take a quick promo yep, crum- break. break here first, but um, we will get back to the the coupe versus cor- uh, convertible C eight here on the Car Guys Report. If you like what you're listening to, that would be the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Be sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, like the Show Minutia Men. It's an opie show. Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern are consumers of worthless information and every week they share their uh, take on what they have learned in the podcast called Minutia men you can check it out go to opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits you can also search for us too the car guys report informed automotive Mark Vernon, along with Luke Hostable and Roger Rexroad, were uh, knee deep in part one of our uh, special two part episode on the brand new Corvette C8. And we were just talking about uh, the rear end styling of the uh, new Corvette. One thing I did want to inject too, though, is you know, Roger, you were saying that you were basically, in your opinion, looking at a 10 year old design. But you got to remember that any car that comes out, The design is a couple of years old anyway, because it takes, you know, any car manufacturer that long once they sign off on a a given design, it's locked in more or less. And they can't make huge changes to it because they got to ramp it up for production, get the tooling ready and things like that. So just to pick a few nits there that any car that comes out in a given year is probably two or three years old. By the time it hits it anyway, but so. if they
2: had this design ten years ago, and why
1: they, didn't they, they update it
2: right and, yeah. they, and they had it leading in the vault, into it yeah and you're able to save a little bit of money because all the r and d and the design was already done, so you know one of the things that I was very uh, optimistic about is oh you can get the car for under sixty thousand dollars okay five dollars under sixty thousand yeah. dollars nobody's going to be buying the sixty thousand dollars ca
1: well that's another question too is like are you actually going to be able to find one or order one for fifty nine nine ninety five because supposedly now they're saying that GM is losing twenty thousand on each would lose or will lose twenty thousand on every base Corvette and so far the ones that have been tested have been. Uh, $88,000, you know, as-tested prices. So that's another thing to, to, to consider. To get back to Lou's point as far as the rear window and the Corvette, uh, the coupe versus the convertible, this is the first retractable, I guess you call the retractable, convertible, or retractable hardtop that Corvette has made. And, and to me, there's not a lot of difference between the uh, – it kind of surprises me. I don't know why they just don't make one model because, the, the, to me, the, the, uh, the hardtop, what they call the convertible that retracts into the rear, doesn't really look all that much different. I mean, you were saying it's got this rear window, and I didn't even really realize that until you brought it up. So I was just wondering why they're making the differentiation, because well, well, you can take the roof off the standard one anyway, right? Like the old Targa? Targa top, Yeah, yes. so well, to well, me it's let, almost
0: let me add, too me Let similar. me answer your question. So the, the glass in the back uh, shows the engine off on mm-hmm. the coupe. And the convert a la
1: Lamborghini, and Ferrari, and right. <laughs> all the other ones. And, and
0: might I add, um, England, please wake up! You know we don't want Jaguars to continue to have a big piece of plastic or Aston Martins or something like yeah. that. Show us your engine. Yeah. So, uh, and for that matter, Porsche, wake up. We
1: want to see the engine again oh but there's not much to see on a on a modern porsche engine there's a bunch see, of big fans I in the back yeah and then a
2: mobile one <laughs> i want to see it.
0: two circles i want to see two circles show me something that's making this well, how
1: about your viper too you want to see that the v10 love, truck engine in it <laughs> i
0: love the viper engine whenever there's not there you know there's no car show that i take the car to and i say let me show you the engine And everybody, when I open it up, goes, (gasps) and that is awesome. You don't now, and and, well, let's stay with this one. I
1: have noticed that when I go to a car show and I have the hood open on whatever car I've got there, it does tend to attract more people than just if you have the hood closed, right? So, so or regardless of if it's a my sob or whatever, yeah. well, just.
0: well, when you show them an engine, whether it's the and even for example, we'll be at car shows, Roger, down downtown, and somebody will open up the back end of their Lamborghini. Even though you can see it through the glass, you still want to stick your head in there. Well, as you know say what, it's I jewelry or whatever you call yeah. it. It's it, it should it, be it's jewelry. Work craftsmanship. It's right. yeah, and it and the engine should be jewelry. So. um you know as much as performance performance it's you know 750 horsepower you don't drive that on the street but you can see it on the street so if you can see it you know, and you're driving a car like this, generally to be seen. I don't know anybody who would buy a Corvette and goes, "Gee, I, I want to put this under." No, you, you'd buy, you know, something much more subdued. So, so
1: the convertible C8 with the retractable, it, can I'm, you see the engine? No, at n- because not what at happens
0: all. is the hard top goes back, back into that section over that where would it would be, be. Yeah, so that that hard piece is now covering yeah. that. So. I, you know, maybe GM will solve that in in, the, in future versions or something like that. But
1: well, with that auto tinting li- glass that we talked about in a previous episode of the podcast, they could probably develop something where the where you could change the opacity of the um, panel when it's in place, and then when it retracts back, they could tr- tr- turn it to clear, and you could still see
0: the engine. Yeah, you you might. You know, so I mean, but but it also said something like because it is is a hard top convertible that you can be doing 30 miles an hour and activate your exactly yeah i mean that's you know most city highway city roads you're doing less than 30 miles an hour at some point if you're coming to a stoplight and it said it did it in something like 16 seconds Mm -hmm. so it's more than fast enough at a which is great because if it
1: starts to rain or something like that because you have the you have a convertible jaguar but it's just a standard i mean it's a power top but your power top probably works up until a certain speed too doesn't it 15 miles an hour yeah you
0: know but and it's a soft top so i mean you you don't want to turn it into a sailboat and all of a sudden lose your sail but
1: would you take the Cooper, or the convertible in the new c8
0: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I would think let's I would start with I'm not Roger. A- Roger, I'm going to pass for a second because I'm meditating that thought.
2: Well, if I had to pick, I, I'm going to go with the Coupe because yeah. convertibles are, I don't know, they're more poser i think I've, i'm i'm just not a convertible wait, 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 wait. Not what do you what bet. do you mean
0: a poor, poor poser
2: it's just not a <coughs> performance from a performance standpoint you know you, you don't have the uh i understand what rigidity, you're saying yeah. you don't have the rigidity with a convertible and convertibles well oh, no, i got remember, my wife put r- the top remember
0: down. this is a hard top convertible so you're still going to have the rigidity i
1: think the rigidity will be there because the car has been engineered from the start to yeah. be that way so let's a go modern. back
0: so now rigidity is not the case what are you going to do i
2: I'd, I'd rather have a coupe do you, you i want to w- see the engine It's not important because the engine cover is ugly on the car, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) The engine cover is glass. It's awesome. No, but I mean (laughs) the the plastic cover that's under the engine cover. It's ugly. You know how they're putting Uh, all these plastic
1: pieces on engines these days. Yeah, and you can't you can't appreciate. Uh, well, if appreciate. we're talking about the, yeah, the, the English and,
0: cars, like the Aston Martin, you open it up, and there's a whole other hood sitting there. Or, or Mercedes
1: I, is like that, too. You open the, it up, and it's got a bunch of, it's a beautiful right. honking V8 engine, and, and it's got a bunch of plastic. Yeah, at least it says V8 on the plastic, the, but still. The, the Jaguar is the same way. It's terrible, and, and,
0: and you don't see anything on the, the, the Porsches anymore, yeah. but go ahead.
1: When you see a Ferrari
2: at a show, and you got that powder-coated, crinkled finish, yeah, and then cool. you have those two extensions that look like fist, that looks awesome. Yeah. You're not going to see that on something like this. Well, it it uh, just doesn't it, look like
0: I, that. You know, I don't know. I, I think you see enough engine that it's it, it
2: still tickles you. It's not jewelry, I can tell you. Not compared to a Ferrari. <laughs> wow.
1: This is great. Good good point, counterpoint here on the Car Guys Report. I like that. That's why we don't always invite Roger into the studio. He's too controversial. <laughs> he brings Absolutely. these things up. We'll be back in just a minute. We have to take a break. We'll be back after this. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville.
0: Oh, I'm Steve Baskerville, and I'm Howard Sudbury. And we talk about. He's gone rogue. Whatever we talk about. We're the Ramblin' Boys. I don't know what to add. He's all the characters. This is a one-man show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Friends.
2: Great Talk Radio is not dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.
1: I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And you sound full of energy for some reason, Howard. What's going on? That's because we've got sportscaster Vince Cellini. Golf Channel, CNN veteran. He's seen, he's done it all, and we're going to have a great talk about whether sports is going to come back or not. And great advice for getting me through the COVID and staying in shape. Vince Cellini, next on Back to You. Back to You with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. You can find Back to You on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts. Just search for Radio Misfits. And we're back here on the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Lou Costable and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, has come in from the cold today and is joining us for a special Corvette C8 episode, part one. We're having a nice roundtable discussion on the pros and cons of Chevrolet's new Corvette C8. And uh, part two, uh, we're going to be talking... uh, in the next episode, we're we'll going to be talking more about the performance aspects of, of of the car and things like that. Right now, we're talking just about the overall styling, the, the pros and cons of the mid-engine layout, and whether um, it's going to be fully accepted in the marketplace, because there has been some pushback from loyal Corvette owners uh, that have owned many Corvettes in the past, and they're just saying, you know, I'm not into this uh, mid-engine-type layout. Um, is there another car, I just thought of this, is there any other car that you can think of in your mind that has done what the Corvette C8 represents, meaning changing from a front-engine, rear-drive layout to a mid-engine layout that you can come up with, you know, that radical of a departure? I can't think of anything offhand. That, I cannot
2: think of anything. Your uh, analysis of the uh, going from the 99.3 to the 99.6, uh, air-cooled, yeah, water-cooled, yeah. That, that's the only thing I can think of. But
1: with this... Um, I can't. Can
0: oh, well, Porsche. <coughs> Porsches had uh, you know front engine Porsches,
1: but they but it didn't replace the model though. Wasn't it, it was a new model, so right. it's not like they took the 911s and all of a sudden say, okay, we're going to make it a front engine car. They wanted to
2: replace the. 911. They were they were.
1: There's been talk. I mean, way back then. Yeah, I mean, there Thank were, God, They didn't. Yeah, but that's why they brought out different models. Then obviously like the 928 and the 924 and things like mm-hmm. that. But they didn't get rid of the iconic car um i mean obviously going forward i think another advantage of of this chassis and and they're they're already talking about it is the fact that It's got a lot of development potential from the standpoint of what we're seeing now is this scratching the surface. I mean, you know there's going to be all-wheel drive versions coming out. There's going to be supercharged versions coming out. There's going to be electric or electric hybrid versions coming out. So it's got a lot of potential. I see this car at some point, and it kind of looks like the new Acura NSX a little bit too, and that's a hybrid performance supercar. And I could see Corvette getting very close to what that car represents right now, which take it or leave it we had a uh, scott crane was what was one of our guests here on the car guys report a few weeks ago and he's got a brand new nsx and it's got the the hybrid engine and and, and the uh, the hybrid motors and the, and the gasoline engine and the car is phenomenal i mean it's the, a stunning the, car yeah and it, the performance is amazing but is that really again part of what the corvette dna is about obviously they're being somewhat forced to do this as the automotive landscape is changing but um It'll be interesting to see when these cars actually start hitting the road in person, um, how many we're going to see. I I would be curious, too, to know what the insurance is going to be like on this car, because we touched on that previously, like any Corvette usually Even if you're buying it used, you know, you're going to pay more in insurance unless you're, you know, an older gentleman like myself. I'm not paying. I think I'm paying $77 every six months on my Corvette, but it's insured as a classic and limited use and things like that. But a brand new C8 and it's got to be a car that would be up on the because Corvettes for, for a long time were on the stolen lists a lot. They would get. They would get stolen, but I don't think they—they're up there that no, much anymore. No, they're not like a Camry or an Accord. So. I just remember—I just remember like 20 years ago, it just seemed like, or 30 years ago, it just seemed like they were hot cars from that standpoint. But a
2: joyride, basically. I can't see somebody buying a, stealing a Corvette just to strip it down yeah. because you know what are you going to use the parts for? Well, from? especially the mid-engine is not going to fit anything else. In well, the the Corvette engine, they, lineup. well, the engine would—the <laughs> engine would fit in something else, but yeah, like the, obviously, like the, yeah. Like the staggered wheels aren't aren't really going to fit anything else. I don't believe.
1: Yeah. Uh, What is your take? You had said that, you know, you're from Detroit. You've still got uh, family or friends there. Uh, You said that you've actually heard of people having maybe some somehow got a pre-production or an early delivery on on them.
2: My buddy Derek and I, we got into a little debate about it, and I I told him, you know, they're not out yet. And he he showed me. Uh, he took a picture of one. It had a, a man did not have a manufacturer's plate on it. So he drives past the GM Tech Center at, in uh, in Warren, Michigan, yeah. every day on his way to work, and he has seen several cars. And he lives in Novi, Michigan, which is a western suburb of Detroit. And then you have the Milford Proving Grounds, which is Milford is just further west of Novi. So there's probably some people that. You know nudge nudge hey let me get my car yeah so you know is it an official car i mean it's got a it's got a regular license plate on it so it's it i mean as far as i know it's, it's got to be legit so it was
1: interesting too that i was reading in one of the articles they said that they're probably never going to at least the iihs i'm sure gm had to crash test them or or somehow i mean a lot of i know they do a lot of virtual crash testing these days mm-hmm. but they, i think they said the iihs or one of those organizations will probably never crash test a c8 i'm not sure why I'd be curious to see how it would, would fa- I'm sure it would fare well in the crash test, but I don't know why they would just not decide to crash test the c because it's such a talked-about car. and
2: It's a regular it's a complete- production car, yeah, so and why a, would you not crash test it? And it's a totally
1: it? new um, architecture as well, so you would be curious to it's see unknown. how it's... unknown. Well, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's something that just hasn't been done before, so um, it'll be interesting to see. I know, Lou, with your YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, um, you have not yet... Uh, taped a c8 but you've got a lot of important friends and you're just kind of champing at the bit to uh <laughs> get one right
0: well yes to answer your question um this the c8 has been so
1: documented though oh it I is mean, yeah i mean we've read know. so much on it in the last six months So,
0: so it's kind of funny because as much as i'm interested to see one in person which i am you know i'm not super eager to get one on the channel just because everybody else has one on the channel. But then so. when you
1: give me the quiz game, it'd be like, which car killed yeah. it, Mark? Yeah. And I'd be like, uh, let's go with the C8, Lou. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll find out, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, uh, you never know. We'll, we'll pair it to uh, Roger's 67, and uh, we'll see which one. We'll see which Not one wins. Not even
1: close. Actually, uh, did you, were you able to select some Corvettes for the guessing game? Because we were going to try to squeeze that okay, into part one. Okay, we we'll do one, one quick guess.
0: And guessing. we can have yeah.
1: Roger uh, give his guesses as well. Uh, what we do on every episode of the Car Guys Report here is uh, Lou picks three uh, cars that he has featured on his a YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, and I have to try to guess which one out of the three or which order which ones had the most um views and today in honor of the uh, part one of the c8 uh, corvette episode he was going to pull three corvettes that he has uh, featured on his channel and now that we have roger in the studio too he can he can guess as well and we have no idea what he picked this is not pre-planned or anything it's just our own uh guessing here as far as which one may have done the best and which would d- uh have done the worst so are you ready to uh proceed well here's what we'll do is is of the list and i grabbed grabbed
0: about 50 cars i only actually have one corvette in the lineup and i have tons of corvette on the channel so if you go to my car story which, which
1: means was, yeah you only brought a list of 50 I, and I you only had one corvette on there and, and, yeah so, there's so, plenty of corvettes on your channel as so, you just said so we'll
0: so. guess on who gets closer to the number will be the winner Oh, okay great that's good. So. So it's a 69 Corvette 4-speed in Burgundy, L89, Roger, the 427 engine sound with the standard hubcaps along with the side pipes, which were uh, a dealer option at that point, and... uh now remember, this is my channel, so it's you know the number could be various on somebody else's channel that's out there. So
1: I just wanted to ask real quick. And this too, one's I,
0: been out there for about a month.
2: Okay. So what,
1: I, I'm not real uh, up on L88s, L89s, L82s. What exactly is the L89? That's 427 tripower. Okay, so it's okay. So it's
0: got three, three, two barrel carburetors. right. And that's that's the basically the highest horsepower other than the L88. Right.
1: Okay. That's cool. correct. It would sound awesome and with the side parts, too. And the L-A-D-A, it's also
0: a 427 in yeah. the big block class.
2: Th- that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's a 12.5 to 1 compression. Uh, very hard to keep the car idled. There was a sticker on the uh, radiator support, I believe. It said you had to run 115 octane wow. gas for it. Wow. So Good luck so, finding that so. today. <laughs> So, One of sixteen made in 1969 wow. with the L88 Corvette. By the way,
1: see, ladies and gentlemen, so, Roger Rex wrote is just a, a font of uh, Corvette wisdom here, and that's why we like having him on board today. Uh, so, I have so let, me, let, so let me give you some numbers. Yeah, first. range the, maybe. The, yeah,
0: in, in a week, which this car wasn't a week, the average usually is about three thousand views. So I'm going to make this easy. Do you think this car in a week? A beautiful four twenty seven. Is it burgundy? It is burgundy, which hmm. maybe is not the you know the brightest yeah. color. Do you think it has more than the average car in a week or less? We'll start with Mark, who has more experience
1: I'll, at the game. I'll go. For some reason, I'll say less. Less. It's it's
2: definitely more because it's a, <laughs> a very unique car. It's a four twenty seven tri power. It's got those very cool side pipes that were like. Aluminum finned, and it's got those very rare hubcaps. So I'm going to say it's definitely over. Over the average. No question.
0: And the number on this car is 2,679. Mark's hands Good are job, up Mark. as in a but, touchdown, and Roger's head just fell backwards like I shot him in the forehead. So. But see, the thing is there,
1: <laughs> not to diminish Roger's you know, enthusiasm and, and knowledge of it, I think a lot of people just don't appreciate, you know, oh, it's got side pipes, maybe some guy put those on in his garage, or, you know, I think those wheels are really and, boring because they're stock, me, but I can totally yeah, understand where they're right. coming from. And, and let
0: me add, Roger, you're absolutely right. This car should have killed it on this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is the funny part about the game when we play it is things that you would think like a car like that being so limited iconic all you know all survivor looking should have just killed it and we started it and we took it for a ride i mean it had all the features of one interior or black uh black interior black okay
2: plus he so had it, his nephew that kind of uh, debuted the car too. yep yep the nephew called the nep- you, you're very good roger
0: the nephew <laughs> i ca- watch your channels. <laughs> <Yeah>, so <laughs> the, the nephew called me up uh actually sent me an email and said i think my uncle's got a great car i said uh you know i get a request like this once in a while so I say sure you know send me a picture of the car he told me what it was he sent me <laughs> a picture I'm like yeah where's he at so we went up there and we saw it and I interviewed the uh, nephew real quick and said wouldn't it be great if we could see your uncle's car and the car came rolling up yeah so, cool. it, was, so it, was a, it was a good episode and when this car rolls up with the and they don't call it side pipes, they call it something else, the stock factory side exhaust or something, yeah. or, or the dealer option factory. Yeah. So they, they call it something, side exhaust yeah. or something. It has
1: a
2: really nice muffled sound. Oh, yeah, it it, it, it
1: sounds really sound. good. Side, they're just so, side pipes are so cool, though. You know, That's one yeah. thing that, that I wish they'd bring back. I know the Viper yeah. had modif- modified modern side pipes, yeah. and just what a cool option to have and on the car And the one thing also
2: about the 69 Corvette, that was the first year that they reintroduced the name Stingray on the car because in nineteen sixty eight when the Mako Shark body came out, they took the name Stingray off the side of the car. And the C eight's the first
1: time they're reintroducing Stingray, right? Well they had Stingray on the C seven. Oh they
2: did? Okay. Right. But that's another thing. I, I don't want to derail the show too much, yeah. but <laughs> I don't like the fact that they called this a Stingray because it's a it's it's a new car. Yeah, so, so, so it shouldn't you, have the
1: iconic name attached to why it. Why are you yeah. I mean the logo looks great, that yeah. that
2: modern looking stingray, but you had you brought the Stingray back for the C7. You have this clean sheet of paper, new car. Why would you bring that name back? It has no. It's a mid-engine Corvette. It has no lineage to the previous yeah.
1: Corvette. I think it's just a Stingray. marketing decision, kind of like what Ford is doing with the uh, Mustang Mach E electric SUV. Putting. Mustang's name on it, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, too.
0: Roger just cringed. I'm so proud that you cringed on that one.
1: In part two of the C8 episode, but just make sure you check out (laughs) Lou's channel, uh, My Car Story with Lou, on YouTube, and you'll find uh, not only that uh, L89 Corvette we just talked about, but all kinds of incredible car videos, over 1,600 uh, videos on his YouTube channel. If you like what you're listening to, the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. It's an OPI show. You can uh, get it wherever you get your Podcast. That would be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We're just everywhere. All you have to do is search for Radio Misfits. You can also hit Google, search for Radio Misfits, or search directly for the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. You'll find us. And when you uh, find us and start listening to us, we certainly uh, thank you for listening to us, and make sure you subscribe because you'll get an automatic notification whenever there's new content, which is uh, roughly once a week. And also, please, to take a moment to rate us as well. We've got some nice reviews views on Apple Podcasts and certainly like to uh, get some more positive feedback on the different podcast platforms. And the best thing to remember about any podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network is the fact that they are totally free. It's listening whenever you want to listen, whether you're on your phone, your laptop, your tablet, your desktop, any kind of mobile device that you have, you can uh, fast forward, rewind, replay, go back and re-listen to episodes, do whatever you want, because that's the beauty of podcasts with the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Mark Vernon, along with uh, Luke Costable and Roger Rexroad, we're nearing the end of part one of our special Corvette C8 episode. And just any final thoughts, gentlemen, on um, the styling aspects of the uh, C8? Um, You know, the mid-engine design obviously dictated a lot of what they did. I think one thing that I've been reading a lot in, in the car magazines is the fact that the car just has too many lines in it that don't really have a purpose they just kind of start and stop and 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 i know lou likes the rear end roger and i don't i'm i'm okay with the front end and the side view, I just think it's too derivative of too many other mid-engine cars out there. Roger's calling it a Ferrari. Lou is like the big defender here of, of the car. So any, any final thoughts here on, Roger, on we'll styling? Roger, we'll let you go first. Well, you're, you're the guest.
2: Okay, thank you. Well, the taillights, uh, this is your halo car, and why should you look at the taillights and have it associated with a lowly Camaro? Because they also did that on the C7. You're right, yeah. They also did this on the C7, and then the, actually the Chevy Malibu has a very similar Tail light, here was your opportunity to come back to the round taillights, and then you doubled down on the Camaro taillights. The only thing they did, I would say they did right, is if you look at a C7 rear end, the valance panel goes halfway up, so no matter what car- color you have, unless it's black, that On a C7, it dominates the back of the car. It's very polarizing. Half of it's gloss black. So at least they did that right. And I do like the exhaust on the side, but those Camaro taillights, they did not learn their lesson on the C7. And double down on a clean sheet of paper where they could have did a round taillight like the taillights on the new uh, Ford GT. Oh, beautiful. You could have did two of those on each side anything but then people would say they're copying ford yeah but you could have just you know maybe angled them or something did something different but this those tail lights uh
1: lou
0: i think the car is perfect so <laughs> i mean uh um, and and i say perfect in the fact that it kept the general motors chevrolet c7 flavor throughout it which is why i think it's been so well accepted because if this car wouldn't have been accepted we'd be talking about one of the biggest failures but we're now talking about one of the biggest talks of the decade, and they really put the engineering. I think every line looks right. Do I think it's going to be improved over time? Probably. But you know what? Sometimes, Roger, sometimes you build a 57 Chevy one time. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. And that's it, meaning it was kind of coming up to that point, And I know you have a 58. Mark, you know I love your 58 too. 58 Impala. 58 Impala. Yeah. But the 57 Chevy, that design will always say, Fifties Chevrolet. And this design, especially being the first mid engine car for Chevrolet as a Corvette, will always have you you will have to turn your head if this is coming. It's just that Well, yeah,
1: everyone's gonna turn their head because they've been waiting to see it. So (laughs) I mean I'm sure the first time I I see one, I'll be like, Hey, there it is, finally. You know, okay.
0: I'm gonna defend them again. If you didn't know it was coming and you didn't know there was a mid engine Chevy I think a lot
1: of people aren't gonna it's not going to stand out if, to the non-car you, people that much. If you much.
0: were a non-car person, great point. If you were a non-car person and didn't know what, what it was, and this came driving up alongside you, you would still be pulling You'd look at it, it just out. because you yep. think
1: it's a, a Ferrari or something. You wouldn't necessarily recognize it as the Corvette. That's, though, that's what I'm saying. okay And you think with that's me. okay? If that's, really? If
0: that's your problem, that we think that this is a high-end exotic, that's a wonderful problem to have.
2: So, Lou, what, yep. it, what is this car's party piece? Is it the boomerang that's on the side of the car? Because having that clean sheet of paper, they could have did one thing that said, that is way better than a Ferrari. That's way better than a Lamborghini. And I just don't see it.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let me answer your question. First of all, the front end, I think, is you know not the party piece because we saw that in the C7.
1: I think, that, I think yeah, the front end is totally derivative of the C7. So and that's why it has that familiarity to it so that the, I like. So the
0: vent in the side that you're calling the boomerang is... The halo piece, yes.
2: Wow.
1: Okay. Interesting. Well, we have spoken on the exterior styling of the new Chevy uh, C8 Corvette. Uh, Lou uh, Costable and Roger Rexroad in the studio. We're going to uh, wrap up part one right now and make sure you join us for part two of our very special Corvette C8 episode here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. Mark Vernon, once again, uh, like I said, along with Lou Costable and Roger Rexroad, I'd like to say special thanks to you for listening to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive and special thanks to executive producer. Producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com If you're wondering the word opi, what the heck is that? Well, It's the word hippo spelled backwards O-P-P-I-H shows.com Distributed by Ed Silha with Radio Misfits Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place and that would be radiomisfits.com
2: This opi podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different
0: circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest COVID 19.
1: Proceeding was a presentation of Opie Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions.
0: Tony, can you shut up?
1: This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave.
0: On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Dave's an elite athlete. Irregardless is a word now. Bubonic plague 2020. My brush with
1: a A-list movie star. And a clip from our interview with a stuntwoman, Janine Carlton. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lozano Podcast, and OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. RadioMisfits.com. If you missed L- Los Anno L- La- Los- Los and friends, here's what you missed. Happy to be here today, Cheryl Scott. Meteorologist. Hi, Fred Winston, Chicago radio guy. I'm Rob Hart in Chicago. How about that weather? This is a good show to do that. Yeah, what the hell, man? It's, uh,
2: <laughs> Don't I th- blame the messenger. I'm not blaming the messenger. <laughs> That's got to be
1: the worst part about being a meteorologist. They blame you for the for, for the sun or the snow or right. whatever. I'm so. like
2: everyone's best friend when it's sunny in seven days. <laughs> and like yesterday, was everyone's worst
0: friend. Yeah. But I know that weather changes so dramatically. We do seven-day forecasts, and
2: right. I
1: go, well, seven days, it sometimes changes. Seven times in those seven days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but science is getting more... And more accurate. Oh, it does. So,
1: has the Earth been knocked off its axis? I I, I keep hearing stuff uh, about that uh, from the conspiracy idiots at three o'clock in the morning.
2: <laughs> and that's exactly Isn't what we're we'll going.
1: <laughs> Radio misfits get more Losano and
0: friends. Losano now on losano.com.
1: Good luck trying to spell Losano or whatever the it's called. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, informed automotive, our replay visit continues on part two of our special Corvette C8 episode, as only the Car Guys Report can do. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me, Luke Costable, and our man in the field, Roger Rexroad, as we revisit part two of this very special episode of the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie production on Radio Misfits Podcast Network.